0: This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance.
1: Good morning. In addition to a medical minute, we have donuts, so there's that. They were even warm when I got them from the donut shop. So, just want to talk briefly about a study that I think supports our practice here, but has some kind of interesting points. So this is called the OPAL study, which is opioid analgesia for acute low back pain and neck pain. It was in a primary care setting, so not exactly the same as our ed setting but they took uh, 157 outpatient clinics they had patients with acute low back and low and neck pain and then they randomized them to either getting opioid or a placebo and this was double blind so the treating providers didn't know what they were getting and the patients also didn't know what they were getting it says in addition to the opioid or non-opioid that they got What's defined as standard care and I'm not sure exactly what that was maybe stretching maybe some NSAIDs, something like that but their main Outcome that they were measuring was their pain at six weeks on a ten-point scale just like we use here in the ED And then they had some secondary outcomes that they looked at like their functional limitations, etc So interestingly the opioid that they got was oxycodone, right? We use that all the time, but it was an oxycodone naloxone combo pill so if you think a little bit like our uh, suboxone, is a buprenorphine plus, sub- uh, plus a naloxone pill? We don't use that, or at least I don't use that very often here at Swedish. Maybe everyone else in the world is using it all the time. But the basic idea with the naloxone combo with the oxycodone is it's actually supposed to be, uh, it's actually supposed to block the GI side effects that you get with oxycodone, which is kind of interesting. Less nausea, vomiting, less constipation. So how do you think the outcomes were when they compared patients who got essentially nothing placebo versus the oxycodone for their neck pain and low back pain? Yeah, no difference. The outcomes were actually the same. So I think this just supports for us that, you know, while certainly there is a place for the opiate pain medications, it probably shouldn't be first line or even second line. We should definitely explore lots of alternate um Alternate strategies. This reminds me of a study that I read long ago and I don't have the reference for this one, but they took patients with acute low back pain and they randomized to what kind of provider they were going to see. Some of them went to a family doctor. Some of them went to an orthopedist. Some of them went to a chiropractor. And then when they brought all of those patients back and again, measured their pain and their functional limitation, guess how they did. Same, same. They were all the same, no matter what kind of specialist you went to. Interestingly, the people who went to the chiropractors were the most satisfied, maybe because they had a lot of hands-on care. But many of these processes, you know, given alternate strategies and time, are going to get better on their own. So we have to weigh the risks and benefits of the medications we're giving, and we know there are significant downsides to opiate pain medications. So
0: that's it. We'd like to thank our sponsor. Health One Continental Division, and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.